everyone. Welcome back to Toyless and Titles. My name is Justin Stevens. I'm back with you with another roundtable episode. We've got a um, and we've got an exciting one today because there's a lot of news out there. Um, but uh, uh, in the meantime, just to kind of give you guys an insight on what was going on behind the scenes, I had to hurry up and cut uh, John and Jared off a little bit short. I'm talking about where all they're from and everything, just because I thought that would be hilarious. Um, but uh, then I didn't see anybody laugh. <laughs> all right. But anyway, off-season roundtable episode discussion. We, uh, we're we pretty much talking about camp more than anything this week. Uh, a lot of camps, all of the camps are off and going. We've got all the guys here. We've got John. We've, uh, we've got Sean, uh, Frito, Jared, and Jason are down there at the bottom. So uh, we're all over the place. Um, guys, definitely – Give us comments off to the side as you're watching this. Uh, I see we have a live viewer. I saw Maddie in the chat. We're going to have more live viewers. Leave comments. Um, be interactive with us. Help us out here. Um, and uh, also, uh, um, yeah, like, I mean, what's going on tonight, fellas? Just living the dream, baby. Living the dream. Fo football preseason is one week away, right? Crazy. Uh, yeah, the Hall of Fame game. Yep. This team right here. The Raiders. Oh. The, who are the Raiders playing week one of the preseason? Good question. Don't Jacksonville. Matter. It's Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Yes. Man. Slipped my mind there for a second. Uh-huh. It's crazy. Some team, some team that will probably beat them. So we not Ooh. only get fourth stringers, we get fourth stringers from Jacksonville. <laughs> any, of you playing, any of you playing DFS, preseason DFS? Oh, God. There's I am so not I that need, addicted. Oh, I so do. I need to get you a 1-800 number. <laughs> Dude, I do. I do. Yeah, because – Jared, Jared probably does too. The reason, because all it's all the college players, like the, the guys that you like that nobody was high on, that got drafted in the fifth, sixth, or seventh round, that's on the practice squad, this is their time to shine. And it's the one time we can look right on these guys because then when the season comes around, they get cut. So th this is their time to shine, week one of preseason. Jason, are you going to wear that God Ugly shirt every time that we're on air together? I think Which this one? is like this, three times in a row. Yes. This one right here? Yes. I I knew you were on. I picked it just for that reason. I'm so glad that we get to talk negatively about your team on the show today. All right. Ooh. So um, <laughs> we're not going to bury the lead, guys. We're going to we're gonna start off big with the Deshaun Watson news, um, or I guess the news that's going to break tomorrow. Um, from, from what we're hearing, Roger Goodell is set and ready to make his announcement tomorrow morning. Um, and – I believe it was uh, Matt that, that posted this in our notes here, but he said that the NFLPA has announced that they will not appeal the ruling, and they asked the NFL to pretty please don't do the same. Please don't appeal what the ruling the NFL uh, or what the yeah what the ruling comes down to tomorrow. Can, can we just get a number from everybody? Like, what you think your number is? Six. Eight. I, I think it's going to be six or eight, but I think it should be a hell I'm going one. right in between for one reason. I think it's going to be seven so he can play Cincinnati on Halloween for his first game. And that would be very NFL. That would be so, you know, I could see that. What's up, George? Hey, what's going on, gentlemen? Look, look who decided to log in. Yeah. George, that, that's, George, how many games do you think Watson's going to get? Four. Man. Ooh. All right, so no one, no one above eight, no one below floor four. But we all yeah, think he should. Get I mean, now, yeah, we. I think we all agree with it should be more than that. I feel like I'm like 
in the Brady Bunch right now. I'm like the middle guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we, we make a funky totem pole. <laughs> oh, I killed it. Oh, uh, I, I was trying to see if I could get Jared out the middle there. It didn't work. Well, it's about time that we we get this news because this has been like this story has been dragging, you know, for like two years now. Let's just find out because the NFL is going to do what they want to do. They're a big corporation. They can they can do whatever the hell they want to do. And we're going to continue to watch it. So they know that. And I'm not going to be surprised with whatever they choose to do here. I think with them saying that, I think you won't guarantee it's going to be less than 12. Yeah. Yeah. Because why would the NFL PA? The NFL PA already knows. I feel yes. like if they're saying they're not going to argue, they're, they they already know. What and if they know, I'm surprised that everybody else doesn't. You know, obviously the NFL knows. So why don't you just break it before everybody wakes up in the morning? Yeah, Monday. And then by Friday, because they know what they're doing. It comes out on a Monday. And then with training camps going on, people are going to be – somebody's going to get hurt <laughs> Monday afternoon, and it's going to be a big player. Tears his ACL. We're going to be talking about this player. The, the, the suspension is going to be old news. That's some bad it. karma right there. I mean, so, so it's here's just the, thing. the way it is. You know, guys get hurt all the time, unfortunately. Sorry. Here, here, no, you're good. You're good. Here, here's the thing I find interesting about this news is the NFLPA asked the NFL to not challenge the suspension. And if you look at the way the collective bargain agreement is written, like the the NFLPA gave Roger Goodell final say. Like, that's something that's collectively bargained. They agree to it. And now what they're asking for is they're asking for him to go along with something that they collect – to do something they collectively bargained him to have the authority to do, which I believe is unprecedented. I don't think they've ever asked him to not preside over something they've given the power away to him for him to do. So that's why I think it's only going to be a, a four-game suspension. I think it's going to be small, and I'm just glad that I work tomorrow because I honestly believe Twitter's going to be a bloodbath between those who think he should have gotten a lifetime ban and those who say, well, he was acquitted in criminal court, therefore he didn't do any of this, and you know he shouldn't have gotten a single game. Like yeah, those I, two parties, those two parties are going to be doing this all day long on Twitter, and I'm just glad that I'll be at work so I won't have to see or deal with it. Well, the main reason there's there's still four four cases out there waiting. Yeah. Yep. I, I got something to say to Campy, who, if you're listening at home, we're live. I suggest you subscribe to the YouTube channel so you can watch us when we go live, so you can comment, we can interact with you. Campy is in here. He said, Zeke got six games with no charges. As a Cowboys fan, I'm ready to get angry. Andrew, uh, what I suggest you do, uh, get on a long pair of pants, you know, maybe get some socks and do, you know, put the socks over the pants so the pants are tucked into your socks. Then take a piss in your own pants because that's probably, you, you know, that's about – equal to getting angry over Zeke getting six games because that's going to do nothing but hurt yourself. It's just you're, you're pissing down your own leg getting pissed about that. This is this is exactly my point, though. Like, he, he brings up a great point in that Roger Goodell does not follow precedents. He mm-hmm. doesn't follow does the crime fit the punishment. He doesn't follow moral obligation. He, he only follows the money and the 32 right. decision makers that are paying his paycheck. Yeah, but I mean, they took this out of listen. Listen, they took I'm sorry, this out of Goodell's hands though. I'm right? sorry. Listen, th- we just started training camps. This stuff's been going on for two years. I don't care. I don't care because if I care, then I'm going to get upset. And and you know what? I don't watch football to get upset. Like I'm over it. 
Like, he, if he did something bad, karma's going to come and get him at some point. You know, it, it seems like it's blatant that he did a lot of terrible things. But the Roger Goodell, like Justin just said, he does whatever the hell he wants to do. They're going to do whatever the hell they want to do. It, it, you know, there's there's so many subjects out there I'd rather talk about more than, than Deshaun Watson. So but two the things. Reason, the reason I'm so boiled about it is because of just exactly what you already said a moment ago. We're all still going to fucking watch. Like, if yeah. we're all still going to watch. That's one. We can't do that again now. That's one. <laughs> we, we got the one yeah. out. It's probably going to have to be adults only at the end of this one, yeah. I got to tell you. But I'm just saying, like, it, it, if that's what it takes, you know, maybe 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 there's a time where we have to stand up and not, not watch. You know what I mean? Like, as much as I hate to say that, you guys know I love football. I love the NFL. I am almost to that point. I'm that boiled about this because morally – Roger Goodell is a fucking disgrace. The yes, man needs. The it's man dull. needs. Yeah, I. It's it's on me. It's on yeah. this time. I'll fix the YouTube stuff. But I'm just saying, he's he's a disgrace. He needs to go. I'm 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 over it. And and not only him. It's not even him. Like like we've already discussed this too. We tried to bring it up a moment ago, and I keep interrupting. But it's not even necessarily him. I get it. It's those. It's it's the other thirty-two heads at the at the top. It's it's not just the thirty-two heads. It's America. It's the way we are as a country. People in power, you don't get to places like that without stepping on people, without lying, stealing, and cheating. Like this, is, we're, we're, we're getting into a whole other topic now, but that's the way it is. A lot of yeah, people well, in power are terrible people. There's a lot of stands being made in America right now, too. So maybe it's, it's a, time for another. Well, it's, I mean, it is what it is. All right. I, I've I've said my piece on that. I'm ready to move on because I'm I'm just gonna get worse and worse here. And uh, maybe I'll do a bathroom break after the episode because I I, need I do I do real quick want to address Jason's question where he he said that they kind of took this out of Roger Goodell's hands. And the the answer to that question is both yes and no. Um, they they have an independent judge who can make the ruling on whatever the suspension is going to be. Um, so they took that part out of his hands, but it's also collectively bargained that the NFL can appeal to itself, and then Roger Goodell has the final say on any type of punishment. Yeah, but so, the thing the thing there is he's not gonna he's not gonna uh, if they appeal it to themselves, they're not doing that because it was too much punishment. We all know exactly. that. So like, if the judge comes out and says four, if they appeal it, that's gonna go to six. That's gonna go to eight. Right? Like that's not gonna stay at four. The second thing you mentioned, and I know Jared's got his finger up. Uh, the second thing you mentioned, karma gonna get to him. I mean, he signed with the Browns. What more karma do you need? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Jared, go ahead. So real quick, you know, I think there's a chance it's four games, and we agree with that. They only play one divisional game during that time during the four games. If it's six games, then they only play two. Right. Two, four. They would miss the Ravens and the Steelers if it was six. Um, if it's only one, I still think they can meet the Steelers without him. To be honest with you, um, because Matt's an idiot. Matt, I'm sorry, you're an idiot. Matt <laughs> thinks Tom Brady didn't do it. Sorry for interrupting, dude. He fly, so, he broke somebody's phone. He had somebody in in his phone as the deflator. Matt, you're an idiot. Sorry, go on, Jared. So my my thing with that is the Steelers are are legit saying that Pitt's third on the depth chart, and Rudolph is one right now. <laughs> Right, you brought two other guys in, and Rudolph right now is one on the depth chart. Now he's thrown three—he's thrown three hundred yards against the Browns. Right, we'll Mm. just put that out there real quick. 
I think de defensive line-wise, it's very, very similar. I don't think it's going to be a shootout by any means. But the Browns could easily beat the Steelers. But if they lose to the Steelers, bro, that's sickening to me. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm not sure the so schedule. My, my question to you is: with. My question to you is: Is how many how many wins do they get with with him out? Because don't they don't care. have a tough schedule to start. It's the Browns. I don't, I don't know. I, I hope that when he does play his first game, he snaps a twig. But I need to go grab another beer. So All right. Before let's, I go, let's is, just is anybody the next, ready? The, the, I'm the, ready. Next let's thing on the list, Juju yeah. Smith-Schuster. Um, he's looking uh, He's looking like a real value with his ADP. Um, a lot of people, uh, especially whoever it was to put that in the notes, seems to think that his ADP is going to rise as the redraft season continues. So you yeah. guys talk about Juju. I agree. Yeah, I, I threw that in the notes because I, I was just watching him make acrobatic catch after acrobatic catch from Patrick Mahomes this week. And it seems like, and I know it's in camp, and I know – and they're, no, they're in shorts, but he's it's still in coverage. But it seems like the rapport between him and Mahomes is growing. It seems like he's second fiddle behind Kelsey. I know they got Sky Moore. Sky Moore looked like he, he ran some damn crisp routes this week. He ran some crisp routes. But I Moore think he's going to be the three. You know, I think it's going to be Kelsey, Juju, Sky Moore. And I think Juju is – I'm sorry. After this week, if you can, if you're in the middle of a draft, if it's the seventh or eighth round and you can still get him, God bless you. But I just watched him go in the fifth in a redraft. Yeah, it's going to skyrocket. I mean, we so, forgot. We forgot, you know, about Juju. Go ahead, Sean. You're shaking your head. So I, I was shaking my head to the fifth round. So for yeah. me, Juju is entirely – he's a reach where he is now. And a lot of that has to do with his his role within the Steelers was directly tied to ADOT. When he was in the other side from Antonio Brown, and Antonio Brown had the coverages roll over to him, uh, I'm not trying to be rude in that aspect, but is we'll say three years ago, Ben Roethlisberger even close to Patrick Mahomes is right now? That's what I was going to say. Look, you have Ben throwing to him as the arm started getting worse and just the way everything was going. You got Patrick Mahomes throwing to him. Look, I, I hate Kansas City, but Mahomes is one of those QBs that's going to make everybody around him. And Juju, look, he wasn't a bad player, and he's still a young player and stuff like that. He's going to make plays in this offense when you got – Kelsey on one on the other side drawing coverage away. That's why he looks good right now and stuff like that. But also it's just gonna be just in general, he is gonna be better and stuff like that. And if people ain't paying attention to that and taking him higher, I hope they take him higher because I'll stay away from him and everything because it's gonna keep on going higher and higher, yeah. uh, leaving other opportunities for other players to be drafted. Uh, but one of the most undervalued aspects of, of Juju's game, now I think we should let Sean uh explain himself. I'm just gonna say, is it is his yak after catch. You know, that, that has nothing to do with, you know, where he's getting the ball or what he's got on the other side. Like, the dude breaks tackles. The dude make plays. So, But go ahead, Sean. So, for me, it depends on where you're getting him, and it also vastly depends on league style and format. So, I think you're going to see a lot closer to what Juju was in 2020 than what he was in 2018. I don't think 2018 Juju is was directly correlated to anything other than the drawing away of coverages. Now, I'll take that back. I'll, I'll bathroom board bet that he's top 16 wide receiver this year, PPR. I, hey, this I would is, be on the opposite side of that. I'll take it. Me, you in? I'll put it on. Keep explaining yourself. I'll add it to the board. Uh, so, well, it looks like it looks like you and Jared are with top 16 and myself right. and Sean are against. Okay. I'll put it on. Go ahead, Sean. 
So, I mean, if you even look at like the raw numbers and granted you can take Ben's decline into that and you can take a lot of other things about how the offense changed and AB not being there and Deontay and Claypool not being the same garner of coverage that AB was, you're talking about he sort of settled into a role that worked for him when his A dot went from 9.5 in 2018 to five and a half in 2020. So for me, the the floor is close to the ceiling. And I, I wrote about this and I'm not I don't remember if one of those the 32 for 32 on Juju has come out yet. But the floor is close to the ceiling. And when you're taking a top 24 wide receiver, the floor being close to the ceiling is something that I tend to stay away from because you're not really going to capitalize on any growth. I think for him, there is safety. There is the the ability for him to be that 14 to 16 PPR wide receiver every week. What we haven't seen from him in years, and that's really where the argument comes in, is how much of Ben's decline had to do with his. Yeah, I think it was more of a he found a role that works for him. And Mahomes hasn't been the cure-all for any – for all of the wide receivers other than Kelsey and Hill. I mean, you've had other guys who were immense talents, and people are going to laugh when I say this, Sammy Watkins. Everyone thought when Sammy Watkins went to Kansas City that that was going to be the Carroll, and it wasn't. So it seems like that offense for so long has rolled around those two particular players. A guy like Sky Moore, I think, fits much better into the role of Tyreek Hill. I don't think they're going to have one. I think it's going to be rolled by three or four different players. And I think you're going to see target shares that are much closer to sort of that 15 for three or four different wide receivers. And then Kelsey sitting somewhere between 22 and 25. I don't think Juju, if he goes any higher, is someone that I would draft because his ceiling caps. Like he's not. A- I don't think we could say what his ceiling is yet. I understand what you're saying coming from where he was and the situation he was in, but, but we don't, we, we can guess you know, based upon, you know, how the Chiefs look and how the Steelers look. And I'm willing to guess that it's going to be a good, you know, I, I think it's going to be good. I think the guy's a playmaker. I so, think Patrick Mahomes has kind of fell off over the past few years and he needs a playmaker. And I think he's going to lean heavy on his playmakers. And I think his big playmakers are going to be Travis Kelsey and Juju smith So you said, you said 2020, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, he was number seven in receptions and he was top five in touchdowns. Correct. So, but that's where I was talking about format. So he had, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I think he had 96 receptions. He had he 97 had under, receptions. He had nine touchdowns. But he had under 1,000 yards. Okay. Wasn't he the number two? And well, he's going to be the number three on the team. Here. He'll be the number two here. You know, we, do we really think that? Like, not, not behind Kelsey, but I'm just saying. That's what I mean, behind Kelsey. You know, I, the second option is, is really what I mean. <clears throat> Well, see, I'd, yeah, I'd I don't just, think I don't think Sky Moore is going to be the number two option there. I also believe it'll be Juju, but I also agree with Sean where I think in previous years where we've seen the the target percentage go to Kelsey and Hill one two, and then everybody else got what was ever left over, which wasn't really a whole lot. I think you're going to see a lot more balance from this team than what we've seen in previous years. I I think Sky Moore is going to have. You know, his games, Juju's definitely going to have his. I think Kelsey's going to be the most consistent of the three. Um, But I I think you're going to see Patrick Mahomes spread the ball a lot more between the receivers that they brought in, between MVS, Sky Moore, Juju, and Kelsey. I think the, the, the distribution will be a lot more even than what we've seen in years past. 
I just know that I can't wait to watch AFC West football this year. Like oh, it's, it's, it's going to be it's crazy. Gonna, it's going to be yes. a gift. The Chargers. So, so who do we think? I'm going to I'm going to point you know around, and I know I'm going to go to Rich last because I'll just go to Rich first, just so we can get out of the way. Rich, who's winning? <laughs> who's winning the AFC West? All right, the Raiders. Justin, who's winning the AFC West? I got to go with the Chargers. I'm going Chargers. George, where are you going? Kansas City. Ooh, uh, Jared. It's Chargers by a landslide. Ooh. All right, Sean. Broncos. That Broncos. That's a cl- that's another. That's my second fiddle. Jason, who you got? Broncos. I love it. We all there. There's what? There's seven of us, and not more than three people agreed on what. The Broncos are going to be dangerous, man. The Broncos. I could see the Broncos not winning the division, but rolling into the playoffs <laughs> and just being built because they got that defense. They got Russell Wilson. They got experience. They got a ground game. I could see the Broncos being a problem, you know, in the playoffs, man. That defense isn't that good. Can you name their front seven? Because Bradley Chubb. I know Derek Wolf just retired. I don't know. Didn't they just draft a, uh, Alex Singleton is their leading linebacker. You want to talk about a front seven? Let's talk about front eleven. The Chargers right. are loaded. Right. Loaded. The Chargers are absolutely loaded, but they get injured every single year. And we've seen the Chargers have loaded teams in the past and not even make the playoffs. And I understand different coaches. Not defensively. Not like this year. Yeah. Yeah, even defensively. I will say that the Broncos do have like six or seven very favorable matchups this season. And I know this by looking at uh, Jared's um, tag on toilistatitles.com, the little tab up there you can click on. You can see strength of schedule. So I looked it up, and I looked, and I saw about about five or six games there where it looks like they've got a pretty favorable schedule um, if you're looking for team defense and fantasy football. And while we're throwing out shameless plugs, Coach, I'm going to have you talk about the Patreon.com real quick while yeah. I look up the, the next subject that we're going to be talking about. Well, I was just going to tell Jared, the Broncos got some bum named Nick Benito. I, I don't know if he's any decent, but we'll, we'll be able to see this. Uh, if we get to see him. Yeah, that's just kidding. I know that's his boy. Uh, Patreon.com backslash toilets titles. If you want to support the team and if you want to be a part of the team, part of the title tribe, uh, for the, the price of a cup of coffee a month, it's like $3. That gets you into our group chat on Discord. Again, that, that it supports the show, but we have a live chat in there. We're all in there all the time. It's 24-7. All your fantasy football questions can be asked in there. Then we have tiers, $5, $7.50, $10, $20 tier. So each tier has different perks. Uh, once you get to the second level, you get to our weekly uh, waiver wire episode that we release Monday night immediately. Sean's going to be doing that. Sean's our waiver wire guy, so you're going to be hearing Sean a lot this season. All right, as a team, we all come together throughout the week as we're watching games, as we're seeing guys go down, and we put on this stock guys that we think, all right, this is somebody you need to target. This is somebody you need to target. Monday night, as soon as Monday night football is over, Sean's going to get on the microphone. He's going to record an episode, and that's only going out to our Patreon members, all right, so that you can be prepared because some of the leagues, I know I know some leagues I'm in, it's first come. Like Even though it's waivers, it's still if, if there's multiple people picking that player, it's the person who picked him first. So you can go Monday night right after the episode, throw your name in there and pick that guy up. Also, for the $20 tier, I know that's a lot of money, uh, it gets you free – into free entry into our Frankenstein listener league next year. And also we'll break, we'll do an episode that'll go out to all our listeners where we're breaking down your, any of your fantasy leagues. You tell us, Hey, this is, this is the fantasy league. I, I want you to break down. We will do an episode like this. I'll get seven guys on there and we'll talk about your league. We'll talk about your draft. We'll talk about your trades. We'll talk about the, the rosters and all stuff like that. So uh, go check us out. Patreon.com backslash toilets times. 
and for what it's worth, Coach, you said that that first level $3 is like a cup of coffee. Like, and then you said that $20 is a lot of money. But I know of at least one of our Patreons personally that spends a lot more than $20 a month on Starbucks coffee. So yeah. really not all that much. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to drag her name out there though, but no. it's a hard. Well, yeah, I, I, I love you, Amanda. Um, but, uh, um, but, uh, uh, Jake Ferguson is our next topic. He's looking well, like this really shouldn't be. So I apologize. I need to clear no, next time what I need this to do. Is good. I need to uh, organize I, these. Cause there, this isn't like the biggest news out of all the other stuff no. going on, but we just threw this stuff on there. But this, Go is, ahead. this is good. I purposefully did this one after the Patreon because you had first initially originally spoke of Jake Ferguson. Um, well, to me personally, I saw it to me personally, and then you t- you sent a couple tweets and tagged me. But then you talked about it in that Patreon chat. You talked about Jake Ferguson, and the, yeah, <laughs> love the background, George. Um, hey, if you're not watching on YouTube, you should be watching on YouTube. George has an amazing background. But that's that's what that's kind of what I was kind of leaning into. I okay, agree good. with you. This isn't huge great news, but I wanted to throw out a point there that I was able to go out and pick up Jake Ferguson for next to nothing. I missed out on him in a draft that a guy took him in the late in the fifth round of a five-round rookie draft. I offered the guy $5 fab money for him out of a $200 fab budget, and the guy was like, sure, why not? Who cares? It's just a throwaway guy. And I'm super excited to get him. So th- those are the kind of the the insides that you get from the, uh, the Patreon chat, the, even the smallest stuff um, can really make a difference in, in, your, in your fantasy leagues. And we're chatting all season long, like yeah, even well, in the end of the season, all year long. We're planning on going to Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl. That's something that we've been talking about recently. Uh, Tomorrow I'm going to go and try to work on our media credentials. And Jim Nagy himself, you know, going into the draft, if you listen to the show, I'm sorry, you're probably bored of this statement because I've said it a few times, but this is important. Jim Nagy sees a lot of players out there in Mobile, Alabama. He said out of all the receivers, tight ends, receivers, running backs, the best hands that he saw this year were Jake Ferguson's. That's a tight end. And I, I like Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz knows how to get open. Dak and him connect. But he's on a one-year deal under the franchise. I don't think they're going to give him the money he wants. And Ferguson's already getting team reps with the first team. And Dalton Schultz has a little bit of an issue with blocking. If Ferguson can catch like him, but he can block, you know, this guy's going to be on the field. And then Michael Gallup's out for the first few weeks like – Ferguson's going to get some receptions, man, but it's a long-term play. But I think this year he might actually get get some stats. This isn't exactly how I wanted to to break the news to our executive producer, Lori Stevens, sitting right over here that I was making another fantasy football trip with the guys. But, uh, huh. but hey, at least that news got out there, and she she can't kill me for another 35 minutes. So uh, what's it's next? next what year. We- it's next year. It's not this year. <laughs> right? Uh, I, 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 got, I got something I want to – I got something I want to add real quick. Um I need to dispel a rumor. Uh, there was just a tweet that was sent out that somebody bet $1,000 for Tua to win the MVP this year. That was not me. I just I just want to make that clear. I did not bet Tua to win the MVP. <laughs> you know, that. I mean, it's not it's not a horrible bet. I'm sure those odds are going to be heavily in 75 the- to 1. Yeah. Don't, don't ask me how I know the odds. Don't ask. It wasn't me, I promise. I mean, that, the team on paper is a great team. Like, you never know. It ain't You're gonna play odds that that are are heavy odds that could potential. I mean, there's potential. Hey, uh, uh, more more breaking news based on a comment I just read on YouTube. Um, Justin, <laughs> you need to sometimes uh, take time with your wife uh, without your phone and or football. Huh? 
All right. Well, I think that's uh, coming from a reliable source. I I, I don't want to break. I don't want to. I don't want to give away my sources. Hey, um, we don't give away the sauces, you know what, but that's you know a what the real sauce. kick in the teeth is is that I've pretty much taken the summer off, and you guys know this from uh, from a lot of the fantasy football stuff, and I still can't put it down. Like it's it's an addiction, guys. Like it's this is this is this is the real deal. Well, it's our fault. You, you'll come in the chat and you'll be like, hey, guys, I need like four or five days. I got to focus on this or that. And then we'll be like, yes, but. But before you go, we need to discuss this, this, and this. Hey, Lori, right. since since I know you're watching, can you please tell Justin next time he runs across a coffin lid to please stop and pick it up? Yes. <laughs> yes. We're going to well, have, you know what? If you, if you When we reach, when we reach um, 20 Patreons. We're gonna have to do like a lot, like not a lot, like a story, like a. We're gonna have to do like a twenty-minute episode reenacting or telling the story. Like we need to, we need to make this story into a production, and we will do that for you. It's the coffin lid story. We're, I'll write a script and everything. Twenty Patreon members, it's gonna happen. Hold me to it. I thought I, thought I was producing the show. Who keeps putting these blurbs up down here? <laughs> that one wasn't me. That one wasn't me. Hey, let's move on to Denver. Let, we, let's move back to Denver. We saw news that Jerry Judy sat, take this for what it's worth. Sat in on a quarterback meeting. He's trying to, I guess, uh, buddy buddy with uh, Russell Wilson out there. He's trying to get on the same page with him. He's, I've seen a few drops, but I've seen a few crisp routes. Who do we think is going to be the wide receiver one in Denver this year? Jared, what's up? I think it's Judy. I know. I know. I had an argument with a buddy of mine today. I'm wearing our Sutton or Judy because he took Sutton two rounds before Judy was taken, and I I, I still believe it's Judy. He's he's just too good, too talented. It depends. It depends if uh, he plays in the slot. If they move him to the outside and everything, yes, I think he'll be the number one receiver there. But if he stays and plays in the slot for some reason, Russell doesn't like throwing to the slot receiver. Um, go back and look at Seattle and everything. Uh, Tyler Lockett, prime example, probably the same mold as Jerry Judy and everything, but the way uh, Lockett moves around and stuff like that from the outside, he gets open more and has better chances because Russell's always running out. I just believe he'll be better on the outside than I mean, in a slot. I think we can argue the line is the difference in why you're rolling out in Seattle. That's true. That's true. But I just I believe for uh, Judy to be successful, he – he can't be playing in the slot. Now, obviously, move him around and stuff probably like be that. Hamler. It'll probably be Hamler in the slot, I think. Yep. So, I agree with you. Yeah. Can, can, I, somebody, can, can somebody block this lady? Yeah. <laughs> she, she, if she's Patreon, we can't we can't block her. Listen, listen, listen. Fan well, interaction of any type. Yeah. I think she is. In one way, in some in some form, some back. Hey, I, I, I learned one thing. You don't argue and fight with HR. So, Justin, this is just going to be a losing battle because we all agree hey, with I, HR. If I get right six now. games for this, then Deshaun better damn well get at least eight. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> let's, let's, let's move on. All right. Let's move on to something that's almost as heated of a topic as Deshaun Watson. That's Baker Mayfield. Jared, Jared I know you're ready to roll with Baker Mayfield. Uh, how, how did his first day go compared to his second day and the rest of the week? All right. First day, brand new team, playing with the seconds, went five for 12, three drops. Here didn't look that great. Hey, it was three drops, one, one to the running back. Day two, my dude, my dude went off for five touchdowns. Okay, and there was another drop. That was a touchdown by Anderson, who literally just looked like he was lost on the play. Two totally different days. Day three, played with the second team, threw four touchdowns, 
And then yesterday threw another four touchdowns. How's Terrace Marshall looking? That's the big question. Fourth on the depth chart. Damn it. Not good. It's not good. Terry. No. And I'll tell you right now, like, DJ Moore, if you bought him before this season, you better buy him this season because he's going to have at least eight touchdowns. And he's only had four every season. Yeah. 1,300. I'm telling you right now, he's an easy, easy top 12 wide receiver. So easy. If you, if you firmly believe that, I'm just letting you know in case something happens. It's already uh, on the board. In, in case – no, no, no. I'm just saying in, in case something happens with, uh, with, um, with your quarterback in the redraft. I can't remember who you, who you drafted. Um, in that redraft league, I got I've got him on my on my bench. I made sure to take him late just so that you couldn't get him, just so I could trade him to you later. So that's cool. Um, I got Tannehill to trade with you for Baker. You got Justin oh yeah, Hill. Justin yeah, the Colts he's... fan really wants Tannehill. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he wants him to burn. Uh huh. Dude, yeah, I hope you're right. I hope you're right about his success uh, in Carolina. I think I think he deserves it with with all the grit that he plays with and everything that he. I mean, to I took I took the show. George Internet doing George Internet things. Yeah, yeah. So for 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 him to put everything that he put into Cleveland and then for them to do that to him, he definitely deserves some good karma to go his way. So did you all I see the video right. of Christian McCaffrey getting the Oreos? Oh yeah, that was sweet. That was nice. Speaking of, speaking of good karma, that I guess he asked some kid to bring him Oreos. So the did kid came back to camp the next day with the Oreos and the, what what did he end up giving the kid? I know he said he was going to send back gloves. And he gave him gloves and he signed shoes for him. My man, yeah. love seeing that. Yeah. Well, the kid brought him Doritos at first, and he's like, "Man, this is great, but I'd really love some Oreos." And the kid was like, "I'll be back tomorrow." <laughs> he came, uh -huh. came back the next day with uh, with two bags of Oreos, and he he shared one of them with the kids, and then signed the other one and and let him have the signed Oreos back too. So that it was yeah, Doritos awesome. are so much better than uh, Oreos. I, I I hope I hope that he has a healthy season. Hey okay. Ore hey Oreo better reach out and the biscuit better reach out to that dude for some Oreo commercial. Hell yeah! I think, I, right. I think the best bet there though is to grab a handful of Doritos and eat them simultaneously simultaneously with the Oreos because you got the sweet and the salty. Have you all ever had the birthday cake Oreos? Oh, dude, there there is nothing like it. Tell me, tell me, Jason, tell uh, me. So I'm gonna say uh, the only thing close is the red velvet Oreos, and they don't make them anymore. But the birthday cake Oreos, man, in some ice cream. You want to talk about? You know, you can you can throw that Dorito and Oreo together thing away, man. But yeah, but with some ice cream in that birthday cake, I didn't I didn't get so fat for no reason. Dude, those those are prime. Go, go ahead. So inside trait. Um, so me, when I was a Frito-Lay uh, vendor and stuff like that, out selling chips and everything, the, the thing is, is what you do is you hold back some of them in the back of your truck. And when the Oreo guy comes around, you guys trade back. Uh, oh, okay. Oreos. For, and then, you know, we do Oreos for Doritos. We do Doritos for Popsicles, maybe a case of Dr. Pepper. You never know. You can't be saying this on air, Rich. So I got two, I got two things here. I got two, I got two things. One uh, I need to petition to have Justin's wife watch the show every week because this is fantastic. That's one. Two, uh, short, long story short, m the first time I ever drove to Orlando, which is an hour away from my house, I had an Oreo cookie truck collide with a milk truck, and it was the best thing Stop I've seen it. to date forever. It. It's literally – it was the best thing that ever – it was pre-cell phone because I'm an old, old man. 
but I had an Oreo cookie truck collide with a, a milk truck, and it was the best. All right, sorry about that. Man, Oreo. that's like a supernova. Uh, like I, I would expect, like that's just that's, that's that's a movie or a commercial. Like yeah, it's not real for life. sure. All right, let, let's move on to New York. We got Wandale Robinson being used everywhere. We got uh, Kadarius Tony looks good. So they have a bunch of young, high flying, athletic talent out there, but they still got Daniel Jones. I heard somebody say the other day. They wouldn't be surprised if the Giants go out and get Jimmy Garoppolo. I forget who mentioned it. I wish I I could uh, credit this person, but that does make sense to me because I think if the Giants brought in Jimmy Garoppolo, okay, I think I, I think I think they I think it lifts them to to another level. I think that you know they could be exciting to watch. I think with Daniel Jones, they're going nowhere. What yeah, do you guys I, think? I think the problem is. That even with Garoppolo, they're not going anywhere. I mean, maybe in the NFC because the NFC is terrible. But even even like with Garoppolo, it's not like they're making a deep playoff run. They haven't had a winning season at any point in the last five years. I I get it, man. But like, so that I think he would take. I I, I could see them, co- you know, competing for the NFC East. No, not with Garoppolo. Not yeah, no, no. But I I just like I I think. All it does is get you a worse uh, draft spot next year when they are actually looking when there's good quarterbacks coming out and they can actually replace Daniel Jones. Like I think the new coaching staff wants to see what they have in Daniel Jones. No point in seeing what Garoppolo is because we've all seen what Garoppolo is. Go take your lumps one more year and then next year get one of these one of the hot prospects, whatever you land in the draft. I, like I, I see I see Garoppolo only ruining their draft position and not getting them anything. Yeah. A winning season, which is great. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But I think, but the coaches and the GM, it's been a, it's been a carousel, like coaches in coaches out. These coaches don't care about the draft next year. I, I could see them just caring about keeping their job. And if they want to keep their job, like, cause they, they could be out the door just as fast as they get a first number one overall pick next year. But, and I think they're going to fire that coach. Okay, well, we'll see, because I'm sure we, a lot of people thought they weren't going to fire Joe Judge, you know. People respect this coach. That's the difference. They, I mean, come on. They hired the guy. I don't care what you say about people respecting the coach. They hired this guy. They believed in him. And I'm sure just as much as they believe in this guy, if, if they flop, it, it's a what can we do now? What have you done for me lately? I don't know. Well, do the, do the Arizona Cardinals respect Kyler Murray? I think that's another important question we need to ask. He gave two hundred thirty million. I said they got 230 million reasons to respect them. It's true. That's true. Well, 230.5. They, they uh, I feel like we're in marriage counseling right now with all these back and forth. Uh, so Kyler got the, he got, it was a clause in his contract, four hours of study time per week. And yeah, by the way, this, uh, this segment right here is brought to you in part by Minecraft. Yeah, Minecraft. That's funny. <laughs> or Call of Duty. So was it Campy? So I saw somebody tweet out after the fact that the Cardinals removed the clause. Again, I forget who it was. Was I wish I could source it, but they mentioned that breaking news. Like the the company that built the Titanic is now trying to add, you know, <laughs> yeah. more you know floaty devices to the Titanic while it's already you know underneath the ocean like you, you're the damage is done doesn't matter if you remove the clause you already insulted the dude <laughs> i mean he's he signed the contract yeah yeah it's i think the reason he signed the contract because listen maybe he didn't not, not to knock on my boy's height but you do not get where you are yeah in the league not studying correct 
Yeah, George had a very detailed argument with somebody on on Twitter about it. And unlike his political arguments, I actually agreed with this one. So <laughs> I had fun reading that one. But four hours it, it a was, week is a joke. That's what I was going to say. It was four hours a week. It wasn't even He's a straight A student in college. You don't think he studied in college? I can't see he's putting it. Jared, I don't know if he studied in college. He ain't that smart. But he doesn't have to be. The dude's the best athlete in the country. Yeah, that's come fair. on. He I'd did, give he did not need to. Uh, come on, come on. <laughs> he, he, I'm not taking it away from him, but I, I didn't visually see him study. I, I don't know. And, and the way this country works, he didn't have to study. Hey, just just, just so we're clear, Oklahoma is the leading, you know, leading Division One school in National Merit Scholars. That's a national fact. We have kicked four players off the team the last two years and suspended Marcus Major last year because he couldn't make the grade, and he was the only running back on the roster at the time. I don't know. Okay, you don't so, you don't you don't shame a school that that you know that is so all about their national merit scholars. You Marcus don't, you, Major ain't Kyler Murray. I get that, but he was the only running back on the roster at the time. All right. Well, the University of Florida suspended, uh, kicked Cam Newton out while they had Aaron Aaron Hernandez on the roster and the Pouncey yeah, brothers. They also and, had, come on, they also had Tim Tebow on the roster, right? And, and they had Chris Leak. So I mean, like you're willing to, you know, some guys you are the sacrificial lambs, and some guys you're willing to push oh, through. It's the way. I it mean, is. Cam Newton was caught stealing laptops. Yeah. Like, well, he he, he threw crazy. it out the window. He threw it out the window. He ran up the stairs. He threw the laptop out the window. So he's kind of caught stealing laptops. But, you know, they had enough on the Pouncey brothers and and Aaron Hernandez getting in trouble down there. But th this is another topic for another day. Let's move on to the Bucks. All right, we got some Buck fans in the house. Jensen, do we know exactly what happened yet? Like, uh, what's, yeah, what's I, the I want to retract what I said at the start of the show. Like, I, I love talking bad about the Bucks when Jason's on, but I don't like this reason. I, I should not have said it that way. I feel I feel like a horrible person because – especially with Ryan Jensen. Ryan Jensen, potentially and most likely, um, it's an ACL injury. He's out for the season. That's not how you want to see um, uh, a team that you dislike go down, for sure. But uh, especially uh, – the dude's like an Iron Man. Like, it's been like six seasons, I think. I put it in the notes. I, I got in double check. But I think it's been yeah. like six seasons in a row that the guy has not missed a game. Like, as an offensive lineman in the NFL, that's – it doesn't get much more Iron Man than that. So, do we know uh, for sure it's, it's an ACL or have they not? No, they haven't no. announced it yet. But as of one day ago, that was still the the speculation, and it happened two days ago. So, I mean, coach is saying it's going to be months, if not the whole season. Yeah. Whatever it is, it's bad enough that he he ain't going to play uh, until deep deep into the season, if at all. So, uh, no real no real news. But you know, at this point, you know he's not going to be he's not going to start the season. Um, it sounds like they're going to go with Tyler Hainsey, a uh, guy that they really liked. It's going to be a competition there between him and I forgot the, the other guy that they really liked that they've got. Um, but what it does mean is all three of their interior linemen are going to be brand new going into the season. That's what it really means. Um, now, Hainsey's played – Hainsey did play last year. I like that name. Uh, yeah. So, Hainsey did play last year a bit. He had to step in um, – and they are really high on him. Tristan Wirfs says that he could learn a thing or two from Hainsey because now Hainsey isn't as physically gifted as Wirfs is, but uh, he's smart. He's heady about the game. He knows the game. Uh, but also, like, one of the last snaps in practice the other day sailed over Brady's head. 
um, which is not, you know, not great when you're when you're talking about a center. What I'll say about this is I believe this is going to be a good thing for Leonard Fournette um, because and and Fournette. I could give a shit about his rushing. Excuse me. I'm sorry. That's three. Justin. No, we're good. We're already passed. Okay. All right. I I couldn't care about uh, Fournette's rushing as as much as I care about the 84 targets and 78 receptions, something along those lines from last year. And with Tom Brady having less time to pass up the middle, I see a lot more dump offs in his future. So, uh, you know, for me, Fournette, this is a good thing for Fournette. The only guys out there, you know, they're talking about uh, the center from the Browns. That Jensen? No. J- no uh, uh, J.C. Treader. Treader. I mean, he's on the side. You know, he's not on a team right now, and the Browns weren't considered a great offensive line last year. You know, it's it's not like teams were beating down his door. So, yeah, pick him up because you need another center in case something happens to Hainsey and, and, you know, you're back up now. But I, I don't – there's nothing out there that's going to be a Jensen replacement. So – do you feel like there is going to be any drop drop off from Arians to the Bulls, or do you think it's going to be you know business as usual? Neither coach makes a difference. I don't think there's going to be a large drop off because I think um, I think for the for a large part, Leftwich and um, Leftwich and Brady made the game plan, and Arians just came in and tweaked it. But Leftwich called plays last year. Is he so, back? Leftwich is back. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, I can't yeah. believe Jaguars didn't give him a job. No, they. He was right there, and he didn't want to be under the. And I, I'm spacing on the GM's name, but uh, speaking Shad of, Khan? no, well, okay. the owner. But uh, anyway, so uh, Leftwich didn't want to play for the GM and the Jag or coach for the GM and the Jaguars. He kind of said it's either me or him, and they kept the GM. Uh, but with that said, Leftwich is back. He called plays last year, so I don't see a large difference uh, defensively. Maybe the other thing I can see is. Um, Arians would let people get into the doghouse and Todd Bowles actually, he, he, he doesn't do that. And he looks for different things. So, you know, some of these guys like, um, uh, Miller, uh, my head's all over the place. but Scotty Miller, Scotty Miller, for example, got into the doghouse last year. You didn't see the field came in and played. Okay. When he had the chance to play, um, you know, Bowles is talking high about Scotty Miller, although, you know, he, what's he going to be sixth or seventh on the depth chart now? So, um, that's that's the difference I can see in the offense. There's not going to be as big a doghouse. All right, you guys want to move on to Titans? We got Traylon Burks so far. He's he's looking the part down there at Tennessee. There were some worries early on about the asthma, but now it seems like there's no issues. He seems like he's doing well. How do you guys feel about Traylon Burks? I mean, I don't want to talk too much about him. I, I still got a draft pick to come up in a second. All right, so you you got dry on him. Is it? I mean, is is it there? We we had a discussion. So this is something. If you're not Patreon, you're missing out also because we have these discussions in our chat. We were going back and forth about Traylon Burks a little bit ago, and I I was playing devil's advocate, you know how it's going to go down there. But I think Tennessee cannot afford to have him not succeed. I think they're going to do everything in his their power to feed him early and often and make him a big part of this offense because they need it. He, he needs like AJ Brown has big shoes to fill in. I think Robert Woods, he's a veteran. He's a savvy, savvy veteran. He's he's quarterback friendly. He's a good route runner. He seems like the injuries not happen, uh, hampering him at, as well uh, at all. But I do think they need Traylon Burks and they're going to get this guy the ball like big time. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see what he can do with it. 
Burks is going to be fine. It just just like last year with all the talk about Jamar Chase in preseason, how he can't catch the ball and stuff like that. Look, asthma, what it is and stuff like that. Look, there's a reason why he was drafted where he was drafted. He is a good after the catch ball baller and stuff I'm, like I'm, that. I'm going to put all you guys in the spot. Okay, I think all, just all like AJ Brown, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Same yeah, player. I, I'm going to put all of you on the spot right now. Who's winning Offensive Rookie of the Year, Sean? Who's winning Offensive Rookie of the Year this year? If you had to, if you had to put your money. Today, who's it going to be? We got Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Brees Hall, Traylon Burks. Where's it going? Drake London. Drake London. All right, down there in USC. My man, Jared. Uh, I, I got to be honest. Originally, I was going to say Drake London, but I'm going to go Traylon Burks. Okay. All right, George. Drake London. All right, Rich. Burks. Man, so so it's London and Burks. We got no love for Olave, no for Garrett hey, Wilson. Hey, you know what? No for I got to take Hall. mine back. I was going to say Olave. <laughs> Okay. I'm, I'm going to take mine back. Okay. Where James Cook. James Cook, Buffalo. I like it. Okay. All right. Uh, where are you going, Justin? Mm-mm. Man, Cook Cook is interesting. But, uh, but, yeah, I guess I'm – I don't know. I think I think probably Burke just because of opportunity. I think he'll – between the, the fact that that offense can actually move the ball a little bit, <laughs> I, that kind of gives him a, an advantage over over Drake. So I, I think if Henry is healthy, he is going to help Burks so much. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be Brees Hall. So I like that we have we got two running backs in there. We got wide receivers. I, I like the Drake London one because he was my wide receiver one going into this draft, and I'm excited. Now, do you think Drake London is going to be wide receiver one? With Mariota playing a full season, I mean, I'm sorry, not wide receiver one. I apologize. Rookie of the year is it going to be due to Mariota, or do you think that Ritter is going to take over, and it's going to be Ritter just airing it out to his big targets? Which do you think, Sean? So I don't. I've always, I keep penciling in week eight for Ritter. I don't okay. think Ritter is actually. Uh, we've had this discussion in the chat before. I don't think Ritter's, and I don't know that he's NFL caliber, but he's definitely not ready. Um, I. I do believe it's a little nebulous in Atlanta because they. I'm sorry. Um, explain nebulous, please. Cloudy. Cloudy. Okay, go on. Um, so it's a little nebulous in Atlanta as far as because Pitts is technically the wide receiver one, but they call him a tight end. And you see all these videos right. enjoy doing wide receiver things. Um, for me, Mariota has always utilized tight ends pretty well. So, I mean, Drake London and Kyle Pitts, I mean, the, the positional difference is really just a paperwork thing. Like, I don't see as far as catch radius and the routes that they may run and things like that. I think London will help Pitts and Pitts will help London because Pitts got drawn into so many bracketed coverages last year, which is why Russell Gage did so well um, when he normally wouldn't have. But for me, Mariota will probably play the first seven or eight games, and then Ritter will take over after there because they're probably going to be one and seven or two and six. Do you think his peak will be with Mariota or Ritter? Mariota. Okay. I like it. All right. Drake London, what I love about him is not, not only his length and his catch radius, but his finesse. His body control, like, is, is so is, – it's elite. It's elite body control – for somebody that's that big, like the dude, the dude has, has great body control in the air. All right, let's uh let's move on. Justin, what's the next topic we have on here? We just talked about Traylon Burks. What we got after that? Um, somebody mentioned that they want to talk about the three Hall of Famers um, that could be could potentially be uh, retiring at the end of the season. And since we already threw out the whole four family part of YouTube tonight, I decided to change up this banner a little bit. Three future Hall of Famers on the way out. 
All right, so it's it's Donald. So it's Aaron Aaron Donald, right? Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers? Two Aaron's. Uh, so which of these guys you think is going to retire after this year? Aaron Donald. Yeah, you think he's legit going to go? If they win another Super Bowl, I think he can retire. I don't think Brady or Rodgers are walking away. I think Brady might walk away after moving to Miami. But um, I, for me, I don't think any of them are going to retire, but I think it's more likely that if the Rams win another Super Bowl, that Aaron walks away. Aaron mm-hmm. Donald walks away. Do you think the Rams are going to do it again? No. Okay. So I either do I, but man, they just Allen Robinson, the fact that he fell into their lap, that dude's gonna have a phenomenal year. He's gonna have twelve hundred yards, you know, about eighty-five receptions. I think Allen Jefferson just got hurt. Allen Robinson's gonna eat. He is going to eat this season. I don't think Rodgers is gonna retire either. I don't know, man. I, I feel like next year we could be having the same discussion about all three of these guys. I, I think the only person on this list that retires will <laughs> I don't. I don't think Aaron Donald's going to retire. I don't see Aaron Rodgers retiring uh, at the end of the season. I, I think if any of them go, it will be Brady. You got to think it's going. The, the floor is going to fall out for him it, at some point. Like he keeps proving us wrong, but there is going to be a day when it just ain't working for him anymore, and it's got to be so, soon. It's funny we say that because they brought this up the other day. Kellerman six years ago. Mm-hmm. Said that Brady was gonna have his fallout that year, and he's won. He's won four he's won Super Bowls. Yeah. Well, that dude's a jerk off. <laughs> you know? So the only one that kind of stands out to me is Aaron, Aaron Donald, and it has more to do with the position that he plays. Like he's he's only thirty one years old, which that that, that can be kind of old for playing in the trenches with the the guys. I mean, I get I get pl- players play for a long time, but. Um, but, uh, if, if I had to choose one here, it would be Aaron Donald just because he had already kind of hinted around to it last season towards the end of the season there, but I do 300 pounds with an eight pack. Do we think he goes to UFC after the NFL serious? No, 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 I think he takes a a sideline gig or, or he goes to work for like ESPN or Fox. I don't know, dude. Aaron Donald's a bad man. He seems like a pretty upstanding guy though. I don't see him being sleazy enough to be a college coach. No, I yeah. said, I said, I said UFC. Oh, oh, oh my bad. I said, I said, I said. <laughs> no, I thought you said UFC. He's not going to no. fight. Man, I, could, I don't hey, know. He, he did say something about you know doing being Dwayne Johnson today during his interview or yesterday during his interview. Not only so, that, did you not movie? see that play uh, at practice today where he had that player and he was choking him, pushing him back as he was. Dude, that's his signature move. He probably chokes like two or three dudes a season. <laughs> you know, UFC baby, UFC bound. I could see him in there, man. He could make a lot of money doing that, and one gig. Like you don't have to practice, you know, 150 days a year and play 17 games. You just one fight, and you can make as much as you're making in one season. That that dude is a, is an absolute freak. But you look at the the UFC. He'd be fighting in the heavyweight division, and you had guys like Brock Lesnar who are all American wrestlers that would get their asses handed to them in the UFC by, by these guys who are Brazilian jiu-jitsu fighters. Like it's, that's a whole different world compared to the NFL. Yeah. There's no, not a snowball's chance in hell. He's going I don't to know. Jake, Jake Paul's doing it, right? He's boxing and stuff. And that dude's a clown. So <laughs> I think, well, my, I think Aaron Donald might be able to find himself. My a fight hope is that it's Tom Brady though. That's my hope. That he's fighting Tom Brady. Are you? Are you I, think, I think all three are, I think it's all three are gone. <laughs> What's that? I think all three could retire. 
All right. What's uh? So it looks like um. Let, let's move on. We got buying or selling. Which of the pre? Got a good answer hype? for this one. Go ahead. Go ahead. I've got a really good answer for this one. So traditionally, with preseason hype, I'm I'm selling every bit of it because it's all BS. But in, unless it has to do with my team, and then I love it, and I'm all for it. <laughs> well, what what is the real. hype? It's what all is the hype? What is the hype we haven't we haven't discussed yet? Like, is there other hype that you guys are hearing that we haven't yet really brought up? I, I guess what I'm getting at is just like player X is looking good with with. Uh, well, I get it. I get it. Let's put it out there. There's got to be hype. Like, wh- okay, what are well, you guys we're, we're going to be talking about some of it later? But I can go ahead and throw it out there. Like, I've been on uh, R- Rashad Bateman for um, pretty much since they drafted him, I thought that it was a good fit for him, even though they talk about how they are traditionally a run, run, run team. But I think he fits that offense really well. And and he's connecting well with uh, Jackson right now. And I know that's not my team. I'm not a Ravens fan by any means, but, uh, but I am a Bateman fan. So of course I'm buying into that hype. And then of course, Paris Campbell is going to be absolutely amazing for the Colts for a game and a half. And I cannot wait for that lightning in a bottle um, to catch uh, at the start of the season again, but uh, uh, but he's he's looking good, and they, and they have him all over the field too, not just in the slot. They've got him playing everywhere, and he's uh, he's looking good. He's catching balls and uh, uh, making Matt Ryan look young again. We yeah, got Jared. George Pickens will be the leading receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers by the end of the season. So that's the hype. You're buying it. Yep. I dig it. He's made some acrobatic catches. So I'll I'll I don't, I don't, I don't trust Deontay Johnson. I'm sorry. I'll say he's no, holding he's out that on a uh, on a bathroom board. Yeah, I'll say I'll take a bathroom board with Jared on that. I'll take Deontay Johnson over uh, Pickens. Deontay, isn't Deontay holding out right now? Touchdowns. I'm sure they're going to get him paid, but he, he's holding out. All right, the other high. Fire moves hurt. Claypool's hurt. Johnson's holding out. Man, it's January. Come on. It's not January. It's it's, it's not January, but January. Go back to bed. Or July. Sorry, it's July. It's the it other is. month that begins with a J. There's three of them. It's actually it's by August, August in the morning, bro. This. Yeah, it's August. Uh is, is Trevor Lawrence hype? Supposedly he looks impressive and uh will reach will the coaching bring the chosen one back? Will uh will bring it over. We got some new coaching over there in Jacksonville. Urban Myers no no longer there. Do we think Trevor Lawrence is legit or is that just hype right now? I think I, mean, I think Trevor Lawrence will take a step forward this year. He'll definitely be better than he was last year. Um, it was hard last year for him really to do anything when when you have just a, an absolute toxic, atrocious uh, locker room that's re- being ran by the head coach. Like you actually had players lining up to trash Urban Meyer. Like they they were pushing each other out of the way to get to the mic to trash this guy. That's how bad it was last year in Jacksonville. So I'm not surprised that Trevor Lawrence struggled. Um, But I think that he will definitely have a better season this year than he did last year. So that hype I'm buying just because there's actually a competent head coach steering that ship. Yeah, Doug Peterson's there now. And and it's new team, same Evan Ingram, staying with the Jaguars. So it looks like Evan Ingram's dropping a lot of balls. Go ahead, Jared. My my thing with that, weren't – Doug Peterson got forced out of the same locker room. I mean, let's not forget that. Doug Peterson was literally forced out of a locker room after he won a Super Bowl. Why? Two years later. Why? Because they, the team didn't like him. No, I think what happened was the he team, lost, he lost the, GM, the team. The GM wanted to tank, 
I, I thought I thought the GM wanted to tank and he didn't want to tank and he didn't he listen. You he tried to play. He tried playing to win and they didn't like that and they kicked him out of town. They said, "No, you're going to tank. We're going to we're going to cut this season dead." And he didn't want to do that to his team. He tried to keep playing to win and they didn't like that and they got rid of him. That that's how I saw it. I mean, that that sounds like what happened with the Dolphins, but not with the guy who won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, luckily now he's with a team where he has no choice but to tank. Yeah, <laughs> he can well, play to win and still tank. Yeah, right, I mean, the thing. Go ahead, Jason. Jay, I'm sorry. The thing about Lawrence is, last year you wanted to. He had a bad coaching situation, no doubt, right? Like obviously, but you wanted to see something from the guy, and I don't, I don't recall a pass or a game, or I don't, I, I just don't, I didn't see any flashes of talent. NFL level, NFL ready talent from a guy they said was the best prospect coming out since Andrew Luck, and didn't he go like seven straight games without a touchdown pass? It was like seven, seven straight games, right? Am I missing that? Am I wrong there? Hey, I mean nothing against Lawrence, but Marvin Jones being your leading receiver, come on, bro. So, being the the resident Jaguar fan, um, I oh yeah. Fortunately, um, I watched every game last year. So, to Jason's point, Trevor Lawrence definitely has the talent. Like, you saw it. But what you saw was a young quarterback who did not seem to have a coach. Because there were definitely points in which he just got frustrated and just started throwing the ball up. Now, he needs to fix that on, on his own because that isn't necessarily what you would consider sort of a Pro Bowl quarterback. I think he will be the best quarterback of the four second-year quarterbacks. That doesn't mean he's the most viable fantasy option. I think he will be the best quarterback, and I think the Jaguars will take a step forward. To Jared's point, he he was throwing the ball to Marvin Jones, Dan Arnold, Laquan Treadwell. You know, there, there was definitely a lack of separation. Apparently, the only thing that Urban Meyer was actually paying attention to was the fact that his wide receivers couldn't separate because in the post-game scrums, he would talk about it every week. So you have Christian Kirk, you have Evan Ingram, if he can hold on to the ball. You, you have the better group of wide receivers, barring injury. I think he takes the largest step forward. Um, now, with the Jaguars organization, this has always sort of been their issue. Other than Mark Brunell and David Garrard, who essentially was a fourth-round fourth quarterback that sort of just fell into them, they've never developed a quarterback, regardless of who it is. You can say Bortles didn't have the talent. You could say Gabbard didn't have the talent. But for the last 15 or 20 years, they've sort of been bouncing around quarterbacks since Garrard retired. And a lot of it, like the Jets, you're pointing toward the organization and saying, do they even know how to do this? Because Lawrence had won everywhere he was at until he got to the NFL. Now, granted, he wasn't going to win with the Jaguars. The, the whole roster was devoid of talent. But he also – the thing that everyone points to is the Colts game. Is, is that he rallied the troops and he said, we're not losing this game. Now, granted, I would argue that Carson Wentz lost that game all by himself. But it does at least show the leadership that when everything went out of control, that at least he stepped in and said, we're not losing this game. This season is not over yet. What that translates to in this particular season, I don't, I couldn't tell you. I have them slotted for seven wins, but that could be ambitious. But I, I believe... Trevor Lawrence is the one to take the farthest step, the biggest step forward of the second-year quarterbacks, but that may be more of an indictment of those quarterbacks than it is a praise of Lawrence. Now, he had a quarterback Colts, rating of 111 in his last game, so there's mm -hmm. that. That Colts and Jaguars game, though, I think what it was was 
Carson Wentz had that uh, George Reed uh, dial-up internet, and he had just gotten the email <laughs> from when he was with the Eagles, and he thought he was supposed to tank. So I think that's, that's it. Tug Peterson. That, I mean, this is six degrees of separation now. The, the Jaguars. They also. I mean, listen. They beat the Colts. They beat the Dolphins, and they beat the Bills. Bills. They beat. They beat some teams that finished the season with winning records. So, so real quick, I mean, if let's let's do a little shameless plug here. If you go to the website and look who has one of the best schedules for a quarterback in fantasy, Trevor Lawrence is number two. What's the website? Where can they find that on the website? Forcetales.com. See the strength of schedule. Jacksonville Jaguars number two for quarterback in fantasy. Hashtag title tribe. That's it. Well, hey, we got we got a few more topics. Uh, We're gonna wrap this thing up. I do want to mention out there in the NFC West. Jamal Adams breaks a finger in practice. He's going to delay surgery, wear a special club. We got Isaiah Simmons. He's been practicing with the DBs, not the LBs. That's pretty interesting stuff. So you guys have anything to say about some defensive uh, IDP? I know Jared might. He's the IDP guru over here. What are you thinking about those guys? Yo, that that the biggest one is Simmons not playing with the linebackers. You know, and and we talked about this when we first started the roundtable. I said, man, I would love to see Simmons placed in the DB where he belongs. And that's exactly where he lined up Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I mean, he's been there every day the last week. Big nickel, baby. So, so is he not practicing at all with the linebackers anymore? Nope. Nope, not, not all week. The entire week he played with his safeties and DBs. Nice. All right. So maybe you can yeah. get a little dual designation with the 100 tackles. Yeah, man. If you you play play him at safety, he's playing like a linebacker down in the box. I like that stuff. He's going right. to be a box. He's going to be a box box linebacker, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Big Sorry. nickel. All right. So let let's wrap it up with the NFC West. Let's wrap it up with the San Francisco 49ers. All right. This is like the big news that hit right before we went live. You know, one small piece, and I guess this isn't small, but compared to the bigger news, it seems small. Trey Lance was named the starter for 2022. So that's you know, it's we all kind of figured that was going to be the case. For sure, Jimmy G is going to find his way. We don't know where he's going to go, but he's going to be out the door. He's going to head somewhere else. But besides Trey Lance being named the starter, just today we found out Debo and the 49ers agreed to a contract extension. I think it was four years. I don't have the numbers, uh, but I think it's less than DK Metcalf got paid. So, so Jared, what, what are the numbers there? Go ahead. Three years, $73 million extension. Okay. What's okay. the guarantee? 58.1 guaranteed. Oh, okay. Okay. All right, so they got him through what? It's three-year extension on top. Did he have one year left in the deal? Yeah. So they have him what till twenty twenty-six? Yeah. So he'll yes. be twenty-nine at the end of the at the end of the contract. So he technically be able to sign another big contract. So, right, so how how do you guys feel about the 49ers, Debo, and Lance? I mean, can, you, you got to help up help Trey Lance. I mean, we we have the pass, you know, that we showed earlier from Toys and Titles. If you check out Twitter. The pass doesn't look that great. It's a phenomenal catch by Ayuk, you know, but I love Ayuk. I always have. Man. A lot of people thought he was going to be the guy, I'm but you've you got to add Debo. You got, I mean, had to. Yeah, yeah. they bounce off of each other, too. Like, they both need each other. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, I was actually going to reply to that the pass doesn't look good comment because I think we focus on that a bit. If the pass was underthrown, I'd give a shit. And I know we already hit. I'm sorry. Uh, good, if if the pass was underthrown, I'd care. But the pass was in a good spot, so it can wobble as long as it gets there, man. That's right. all I care it, about. It wasn't even the wobble. It was the how it was thrown, sidearm off your front foot. It got there. It did. It did. And you know what? But that also could have to do with experience. 
you know, hopefully that they can they can nail that down. The dude had one full year at quarterback at North Dakota State. Now he's got two years in the NFL. This is going to be his first year starting. So we got to hope that the 49ers can get him a little more disciplined. But they they got to get him game ready. And don't matter, it, it don't matter, you know, how it gets there. It's like J- uh, Jason said, it's just got to get there right now. The next offseason, they can work on nailing it down but right now. But I, I like Ayuk a as well. I'm going to take this back to another Toilets Titles chat inside, something you might see in the Discord if you join the team. But we were talking about Nikhil Harry, and there were people in the chat trying to say Nikhil Harry was dog shit in college, and he was not. He was so damn good that he made Brandon Ayuk look average. Brandon Ayuk was on the roster too. If you told, if you tell me that you thought Brandon Ayuk was going to be better than Nikhil Harry, I'll shake your hand because I did not. I don't. I don't know a lot of scouts that I followed that a lot of them thought Nikhil Harry was going to be the guy. But Brandon Ayuk comes out. I mean, it also has to do with he transitioned from running back. The dude played running back and then transitioned to wide receiver. So I'm sure that it had to do something with it. He probably fully fully developed by the time he got to the NFL. But then Brandon Ayuk. I'm sure the Patriots fans wish they drafted him and not Nikhil Harry. I know it was a year year later, but it's just it's crazy how that works, man. Things change. Harry, Harry was a beast in college. Dog, Thousand eighty yards, eleven hundred yards is. He was a dog, 100%. But, yeah, things change, man. Some some guys just aren't cut out for the NFL, and, and a lot of those wide receivers are wide receivers who end up with the New England Patriots. <laughs> that dude from Marshall, what the hell? Was, I, I can't think of his name right now. I remember they, they drafted Chad Jackson from UF. Every wide receiver. So it's like the Patriots are the opposite of the Steelers. The Steelers draft a wide receiver, get him on your fantasy roster. <laughs> so there's a chance he's going to ball out. The Patriots draft a wide receiver. Avoid him because he, he's probably gonna he ain't gonna do too much. All right, Avoid you guys have anything, cost. You guys have anything to say before we wrap this thing up? Go ahead, Jason. We we aren't gonna talk about the fact that Tua actually hit a long bomb. I know George is dying to mention. Oh, I didn't see it, George. Go ahead. I'm sorry, George. Talk about talk about your boy. No, I, I threw that in the notes just as a joke. Uh, I didn't even look at the notes. That's how well I know George. <laughs> Go ahead, George. Go ahead, George. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. Tua, Tua, was it? I know that Waddle, Waddle looks like the real deal. And if you think that's hype, it's not hype. That's truth. Jalen Waddle is going to be a top five wide receiver in fantasy football this year. I am telling you, I don't care what the rest of these guys say. I don't care. If they say no, don't listen to them. Get him on your roster because that dude is going to cook. He's going we'll, to make cook. That a, we'll make that a board bet, and I'll even give you top ten. I'll take Waddle. T- top 10? I'll Dude, take top Waddle, 10 easy. Waddle's going to do it in his sleep. Yeah, he, he, he's not going to be a top 10 wide receiver this year. Okay, he's uh, going to. In PPR, he's going to. He's going the, to. The Dolphins are not going to throw enough for him to be a top 10 wide receiver. Okay, it's going to happen. I'm, they're, they're, he's going to get He's going to 8 to 12 targets a game. It's going to happen. All right, I got George and me or no. Rich and Coach are yes. Hey, real got, quick, mine, mine, has the, mine has the 32nd worst schedule for wide receivers, just so we're clear. So I will take that back. Yep. What do you mean, like, 30-second worst as in? Yeah. Wide receivers scoring fantasy points against their schedule, 30-second in the league. It's a rough rough schedule for – Oh, it's um, a tough schedule. Okay, so you're against top ten as well. Got you. He's in top five, but but I'm with you. I don't think it'll be top eight. I cannot wait for the reckoning when this season is over and Jalen Waddle is a top five wide receiver. The dude has 136 receptions for like 1,400 yards, and you all are going to say, damn, I wish I would have drafted him this year. Hey, hey Coach, I, I, I am uber competitive. I don't want to get any of these board bets wrong, but if there's ever one to get wrong and me just not give a damn, this is it. 
Okay. <laughs> All right. We'll see. I, I'm, I'm on the train. I'm, bu I'm buying it. But this ain't just hype. I, I've been I've been on this train since probably last season, the end of last season. And they had a top six hit. Water season had a top six in Miami last year. They had what? I'm sorry. Thirty second this year. And what? What were they last year? Six. Six. But those things change too. Every I know it's year. Very, I'm not trying to say that it's not important to look at the strength of schedule. But it, uh, last year, you you looked at the Bengals and you thought that game was a like oh, we're going to stomp out the Bengals. Like it, it, it's it's a good tool to have, but I guarantee you, if it's thirty second right now, when we look at it when the season's over, it, it's going to change. It's going to be different. Yep. Defense has changed. Look at Washington last year. And, and the one thing Waddle does have going for him is he is most likely going to get the secondary coverage, not the primary. Yes. Yes. So. Underneath, hey, man, I, I, dump off. Does that mean? Does that mean we think that Tyreek is going to be top yes. five as well? No, because no. At what point? Waddle, at what point, Waddle's going to outscore Tyreek. What my point though is, if Waddle is performing at top five wide receiver performance week in week out, in order to keep him top five, at what point does the defense shift and and start playing their their ones on Waddle because he's tearing it up? Like I'm just saying, like like defenses. Waddle, Waddle will have 20 to 25 more receptions than Tyreek Hill. I'll put that on the board too. I'll take that bet as well. Put uh, it on the board. All right. Well, so the real question is, what side is Waddle going to play on? Because we know it's real important with Tua as the quarterback. He's going to move, man. He's going to move around. They're they're going to he's going to he's going to be in space. They're going to find space for him. He's oh, going to yeah. get the ball close to the line of scrimmage. He's going to get the ball across the middle. He's going to have deep – he's this year's Cooper Cup. He is this year's Cooper it's Cup. They better be throw it fast at one of the worst offensive lines in football. Last year they did. They, they did address the offensive line in the offseason. They brought in yeah. the number one free agent who is a top five left tackle, and they brought in Connor Williams from Dallas. He can uh, hold. They also, in, they also brought in a coaching staff who is actually capable of teaching the offensive line, which is something we did not have last year. Um, it, it, you will see a much more improved offense, offensive line. Everything on the offensive side of the ball for Miami will be a lot more improved this year compared to last year. I, I hey. tell you what, that, this year's Cooper Cup, that line's kind of stuck with me. I like that. I like that because, like, I was really big going into last season on, on Justin Jefferson and Cooper Cup. And I, I, was, I was talking, I was beating that same drum about both of them last season um, and happened to be right yeah, and the really drum. helped me in a ton of leagues. So I hope you're right because that 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 was a really good feeling to know at the end of the season that I was right about it. So yeah, I hope and, you get that feeling. And if you're listening at home, if you're on the YouTube, if you're not listening, if you're listening on an Apple Podcast, Pod Podbean, Spotify, that's great. Throw us a five star review that is greatly appreciated. But if you're watching on YouTube, comment. Let us know if you think I am bonkers and you think these guys are right, or let us know if you think I'm right. I, I want to hear. And if you think I'm wrong. Comment and let me know who you think is going to be this year's Cooper Cup. Who is going to be the guy to get the targets? Go ahead, Jason. You look like you, you got something to say, my man. Well, so I, I want to get on the board, bet. I want to be with you as top 10. I want to be with you, baby. I want to be like with you that. up there, coach. I want to be there. Uh, the other thing I want to ask is, what does Lori think about this bet? <laughs> Wait, it's all it's all coming back. Jason, I appreciate you being here. I don't know, man. Are you just over there setting up counseling appointments for us? Yeah. Hey, all right, Jason, are you just trying to support me because everyone's on the other side? Are you actually, I want sell sell everybody on Jalen Waddle, man. Sell it. No, so I uh I just watched him get hyper targeted last year. Uh, yeah. Tyree Kills coming in, going to draw the coverage, and you got somebody like Waddle. It's that talented. He's going to get open. That's yeah. that's 
that's where it is for me. I I see him as a PPR machine, and and I like your twenty five more than Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill's gonna My get man. his. My man. Tyree Kill's gonna get his, but like every year, there's guys. There's there's two that end up in the top ten. Two wide receivers that end in the top ten together. I can see Tyree Kill. You know, I can see 10, 11, 9, 10, something like that for those two, even with Tua as their quarterback, um, despite, not because. And uh, and I think it's going to be – I think Jalen Waddle is going to be great in this offense. So they signed Excellent. those 72 different running backs to let them sit on the bench. Yeah, no, they're gonna, they're, it's going to be a revolving door at the running absolutely, back position. Absolutely not, but listen – uh, one, do we think that the Dolphins are so good with the changes they've made that they're not going to be behind and have to throw the ball? Because I don't. I think they're a good team, but I don't think they're going to be so good that they're not going to be behind and have to throw throw the ball more often than not. And two, uh, are any of those running backs let's let's go through the list of amazing running backs that they signed. Right. Edmonds, you're talking about Mostert. You're talking yeah. about Sony Michelle. You're talking about uh, Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds. Yeah, All of those, those guys, are, when healthy, are very serviceable to, the, to solid. Yeah, they're, they're, they're serviceable, serviceable to, solid. to good to solid. You, right. Even even in defending them, serviceable is the nicest thing you could say about them. Right. Now, their offense so you're, you're is going to use them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, serviceably <laughs> in a service, but not as a feature. They didn't bring Tyree Kill to not throw the ball. That. I can agree and with that. And if you're, you're losing, saying, and if you're losing, the game having plan two shifts. wide receivers in the top ten, though, you're talking that they're going to have to throw the ball a ton and not serviceable running back like level, like even just not use your running back. Level. I mean, honest, but we think like, but we think, and some of us don't. We, some of us aren't aren't in on Higgins. I get it, but we think that Chase and Higgins yep. are going to be top tier wide receivers and we all still think Mixon's a first round running back. Why is that? Because their offense is going to be better. And I'll take I mean I take Mixon over that whole batch, but I but I still want some of those. And again, Burrow's better than Tua, don't get me wrong. But you know, it, you can want to run the ball. Right. But unless Shifts. But you gotta get you gotta yeah. have a decent running back to do it. And you gotta get close games. Their defense they're, is gonna be good though. Go ahead, George. We'll have though Jason is your defenses are going to have to cover Tyreek Hill. They're going to have to cover Jalen Waddle. They're going to have to cover Cedric Wilson. They're going to have Mike to cover Siki. Mike Kosicki. They, ha- your defense has to cover them. That is leaving one on one these running backs with a linebacker, right? One on one, and and then you look at the speed that the Dolphins have, not just on offense but in that backfield. Chase Edmonds is one, or not Chase Edmonds, I'm sorry, Raheem Moster, and I get the whole, when he's healthy, I, I'll, I totally acknowledge the man has never been able to be healthy, but when he's healthy, he is one of the fastest running backs in the NFL. He can, be, he can beat 99% of all linebackers at one-on-one. And and real quick, how many, how many yards does Tua have this coming year? Yeah, all the, I, that's I, what I was going to say. All the list of all those teams that have had 40, two wide receivers in the top ten every year. To be fair, I, I don't think Tyreek's going to finish top ten. I think Tyreek's going to fall somewhere Thomas. between this 16 and 19. Is, I think he's going to be like – I want a list of all those – Hey, we're talking running backs, and you know what Jalen Waddle can do? He's an extension of the running game. He's an extension of the running game. You give him those bubble screens, like McDaniels don't care. He don't care which running back gets the touches. He's not a fantasy okay, guy. That'll help you. That'll it, help you. It will. It will. He's going to give you. you bubble screens. He's going to He's gonna find a way to get this guy the ball in space. But I, I see Rich and I see Sean both chomping at the bit to get in this. Rich, go first, and then Sean, I'll pass it to you. So if you go to our site, 
com and check out our rankings of receivers. There's two teams in all of our rankings that we have two receivers rated in the top 15. One is Cincinnati, Cincinnati with Chase and Higgins. The other team is Miami with Hill and Waddle. Son Brand. Son Brand, Sean, go ahead. So to the, the comment about the running game, so the sort of dichotomy of the same argument we're having here as far as whether a serviceable means feature. So McDaniel comes from the Shanahan system. The Shanahan system has made people like Mike Anderson, Jeff Atlanta's Wilson, scary. Elijah Mitchell has made them fantasy relevant and has made the offense function around them. So feature back in a Shanahan offense is not the same thing as a feature back in Tampa Bay or a feature back in Seattle. The offense is specifically made for a specific type of running back. Now, the one thing that I will give a lot of people is the San Francisco offense and San Francisco running game is notorious for injuries. It is a thing where they like small shifty backs like Chase Edmonds. So I think when he's healthy, will be a very fantasy viable running back in the, the tune of 14 to 16 PPR points a game. But you know, it's a very violent way of running the ball. Like they're they're initiating contact with the running back. That is sort of the point. So, you know, I mean, you saw what it did to someone like Todd Gurley. Mm. So the, the, the entire offense, I believe, is going to run off of the two wide receivers and then the running backs. I believe Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill's success and whether or not they're top 20 or top 12 or top eight is going to do with how well that running game functions and how well those backs who have notoriously been injured stay healthy. I well, believe. I, I think they'll combine. I think. I think we're going to see four games of RB one from from Edmonds, two games from Michael, two games from Mostert. Like I, I think they're going to combine all together. They'll combine to make an RB one for for seventeen games. That's my belief. So, just go ahead, Jared. My question is, so if you think he's a top five receiver, Tua has to throw much more than 2,600 yards. He threw 1,000 yards on 100 receptions to Waddle last year, so more than a more than 100 receptions. Jalen Waddle had 100 receptions last yeah. year. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. And he, I know I'm right. He had 104 receptions, I, I have right? I on my roster, and he cooked. And, and I get that. Okay, I get that. The thing about that is, is you know, and now a lot he's got of, more talent around him, and 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 Tua's got another year in the system. He's got a new coach who's going to help him out. I mean, who, who actually believes in him? Not do you Flores. think Tua's going to throw for four four thousand yards compared to twenty six hundred that he threw last year? He don't need yeah. to. That's he's going to have to because they're going to fourteen hundred more yards. No, it don't have to because I think Tyreek Hill is going to draw coverage away from Jalen Waddle, and I think Jalen Waddle is going to get targets one yard off the line of scrimmage, five yards off the line of scrimmage, ten yards off a drag. I, I think he, I think he's going to fall into a hundred receptions. He's going to fall into it. I think I think they blanket the right side or the left side. Sorry. Okay, well, maybe McDaniels, who just got this job, isn't an idiot, and he's going to know that. <laughs> he's going to change his scheme to adjust against it. I will agree that McDaniel is not an idiot. I heard him on the Pat McAfee show. That dude is awesome. And But real quick, I want to, uh, to, to talk to Rich real quick because, Rich, one of your points was that we had Waddle ranked in the top 15 on toylessttitles.com, but that goes by an average of what people had put. And when they ranked their top 15, so only four people even ranked Jalen Waddle in the top uh, top 15. And how many people ranked? Average, 
Hold on. That, 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 so only six of us average. But my so point two is, of us Rich, are crazy. Hold on, hold on. Rich himself did not actually rank Waddle in the top 15. So I what did are not. you trying to say here, Rich? <laughs> I did not. not but I follow what our team does and everything <laughs> based off of my rankings and stuff like that. And the more I hear all the great knowledge that we give out and stuff like that, you got to think, what is the difference between Higgins and Chase being uh, in Everybody thinks they're going to be top receivers off the same team because of their quarterback. Okay. Look, their, I know their quarterback throws 5,000 yards, one throws six. Joe Burrow's a dude. Joe Burrow is a dude. He's a but dude. 2,500 more that passing yards. That's, that's the why. Of Waddle and Hill. 2,500 more passing yards. Ball. That's why. All he has to how do is throw a five yard pass and let them do the work. These are receivers that know how to do that work. So what you're saying, Rich, is that if you could, you would change your rankings. Yes, I would. Okay, all right. On, that's what I, that's, that's on what Waddle, I would. I was mostly wanting to bust your chops. <laughs> no, hey, I, I got my rankings and everything, but as a team, you look at our rankings and stuff like that, it's hard to argue when we're all talking about this and everything that this can't be done. They are both receivers that could catch, like I said, two in the backfield, five yards, and make something happen. And I so, hate saying that, but it, that's what it is. So to be Jared, clear, though, Tua played on... five less games than Joe Burrow last year. That's okay, that's a thousand yards. Tua throws for five thousand yards. That's my question. He don't need to. He all he needs to do is throw for thirty-five hundred. Four grand. We're not. Ta- we're not talking about. We're not talking about college defenses here. We're it talking about matter. NFL defenses here. Jared, if he threw for two hundred yards a game. For five games, that's a thousand yards. That's a thousand more yards. He's at about thirty-eight hundred. That's all he needs. That's all he needs. Now, listen. One of those games that they have him as playing also is the game where Jesse Davis literally whiffed a block that was so bad it was up there like he had a little thing and Toro Ole and the the Reds rusher came right by him, sacked Tua, broke his ribs on the second play in the first quarter, like in the first series. It, it was it was atrocious. The math so they, they get credit for that game as well because he started it, but he, he was out in the first series. Two is not going to throw for five thousand yards. He don't He's, need that, to. That is not going to happen. Can he throw for like forty-one or forty-two hundred yards? Absolutely, yes, he can. I think people also forget, and Justin's trying to make some sort of argument on that. <laughs> yeah, is, that <laughs> the the Bengals offense, which is the sort of gold standard of having two top 12 wide receivers, and I do actually have both of them ranked in the top 12, is also a historically efficient offense. So, I mean, you that probably their production, especially from the end of last year, is not sustainable, just given the fact of like how efficient it was and the 50-yard passes and things like that. I don't think both of them will be top 12, which is not actually the argument the coach is making. Coach is making the argument that Waddle is the wide receiver one over two over Tyreek, which I could see. I agree the, with that. The leap would be top five. I could see him definitely being uh, the back end of I'll, that. I'll put, I, I well, think it's going to happen, but we'll see. To be to be clear, I was I, I'm in on top ten, not on top five. Sorry, Coach, but I'm you're good, I'm you're for good. sure I'm for sure. But like, but to talk about four thousand yards, which is the first number Jared threw out, that that's an average in seventeen games of two hundred and thirty five per game. And I could easily see Tua doing that as an average. He averaged two ten last year. Yeah. So, like, is it a leap with these better with with this better offense and a better coach that he gets twenty five yards more per game or even fifty to get into like the forty two forty three hundred yard range? And then if he does throw for forty three hundred, 
look, it's it, it's very easy that Waddle could be in the top ten. And and Joe Joe Burrow averaged two hundred and eighty yards a game, two hundred and eighty eight. So that but Joe Burrow's a dude. He's he's an absolute dude. But listen, we're we're at an hour thirty. I think we should wrap this thing up. Keep stay tuned for all these off-season roundtables discussions because this is going to be a weekly thing. We're, we're all working together to stay on top of these news topics so that every Sunday going into the season, we can end the week with this sort of discussion. We're going to debate. We're going to talk. We're going to talk our teams. We're going to talk our rivals, all that good stuff. So so make sure you subscribe to the channel. Justin, I'm passing it over to you now, my man. Oh, no. I was I, All right, cool. I was actually going to let you finish it out, but we're good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, so, uh, yeah, toilistotitles.com. Make sure you check out the, um, the articles on there. I was, I was literally just kind of, uh, checking up on the dolphins rushing, uh, um, stats from last season because, uh, I'm going to continue this conversation in the chat, but, uh, but don't forget the Patreon, patreon.com slash toy. You know what? I'm going to continue this conversation in the Patreon chat is what I'm going to do. Um, and see what the Patreon have to say about it as well. Um, and, uh, and we'll roll from there. You'll see down at the bottom of the little ticker down there. Please give us those five star reviews. Um, we do have a winner in a drawing that I promised. And, uh, Rich actually said he's going to throw in a t-shirt for that. I completely spaced it. I forgot to put it down. You know who you are, though, because I kind of hinted around in uh, the Frankenstein chat that uh, that that you had uh, placed <laughs> the five star review. It's not you, George. Uh, but uh, uh, so if you're if you're listening, I, I see a comment in here. No, I don't think that's it. Um, but anyway, um, patreon.com slash toilets and titles. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining in. Everybody have a great night.